one thing I found was um one thing I found was just like I never I know that that that's not kind of like my path to like peace is you know understanding who I am and what makes me tick right and I've never really done that like I've had periods when I was a kid where I spent a large amount of time alone you know where mm-hmm. I was you know my mother were a graveyard and then I went to school and I came home and I was by myself and I had babysitters and and all of this stuff right such a long period of time I spent you know kind of in my own head and my own thoughts and kind of doing my own thing but it was always subject to like other people and stuff right but this is the first time that it's just been like really isolation you know where it's just me and I'm making all the choices and decisions and you know all the thoughts like I hear every one of them because there's nothing else to redirect me at this time um unless it's the internet right so it's such a focused time where it's like it's almost like a master class of you know that great question of who are you yo what's up everybody it's t ross just wanted to take the time to give you a special shout out and let you know how much we appreciate your support in today's conversation the homie tony and i decided to hop on and just start to unpack what quarantine has been like you know every time we hop on tv or get on social media we're talking about the virus and there's so many unanswered questions people have lost loved ones they've lost jobs um you know we're away from people we care most about because of social distancing um this time is it's it's a lot you know and we all have different ways of coping and doing our best to maintain but it can definitely be difficult so in this conversation we just shared some perspective on things that we've gained ways we've tried to cope things we've noticed about ourselves and just creative ways to still bring about community and ensure that we aren't alone in this time of quarantine so um, hopefully this conversation is beneficial to you like it was for us um, as always we really really appreciate um, the feedback that you all give us if you can go ahead and subscribe on all your streaming platforms leave us some reviews and if it is something that has benefited you go ahead and share it with the homie and as always we thank you so much for listening this is helping homies win all right cool did you miss the joke, bro? Yeah, yeah, because I did that before I counted up. Okay, cool. I didn't. You said that as if you're like it sounded. It felt to me accus, accus, uh, accusatory, like you're like saying like no down fool. You know what I mean? Oh no 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 no! I caught it. I caught it. <laughs> All right, for sure. Yeah. What's good with you, bro? Man, bro. Things are going well, bro. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny to be like, <laughs> things are going well. Cause it's like, what could possibly be happening right now? <laughs> it already hit the fan, bro. I know, I know. Somebody uh, had, had tweeted. Uh, he's like, small talk is just out right now. Man, you know, like ain't really no room for small talk. Like, nah, what you bro. doing? Nothing. Still, <laughs> <laughs> same thing I've been doing for the last bro. however many weeks. And you know, months. it's been like six weeks, dog. Has it really? Yeah, I um. I looked on my phone today and I like, I, like well, I typed in NBA, NBA suspends, blah, 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 to see what article came up. And then that article was published six weeks ago. So it's been roughly six weeks since we've all been quarantined. And I, that You're blew my serious, mind. I didn't bro. realize. Bro, I'm so serious. Type it in. It's it had, like March. It's been six weeks? It's been six weeks, bro. I, I was about so to say, this is like week three, week four. <laughs> like, nah, you got to go double check your research. 
Yeah, now nah, I have to because you uh, you pressing me. Yeah, so it was March 11th is when it says the season Dang. is postponed until further notice, right? What I yeah. said, March March 11th. So if I went I went to the calendar, bro, and that was six weeks ago, dog. Exactly. I mean, this is wild. That's really wild, man. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Five weeks ago, but yeah. No, still. Five. I mean, still. To me, yeah. I would I would say week three. You know what I mean? Like this is the beginning of nah. week three. Is kind of what I nah. was gonna say, but I mean, that's what's up. I nah, mean, we in it, bro. We in I, it. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you, right? What's I've been up, reading man? a lot of a lot of tweets. I've been seeing a lot of commentary. Oh, I'm ready to get back outside. I'm tired of this. I'm going crazy. I might just be an oddball, bro. I'm chilling. You're good. I'm I'm chilling. You're I'm good. chilling. Um, which is so odd for me because I feel like I'm usually very on edge and see even when I talk to some of the other homies, they're like, Oh yeah, I'm like I'm always on the move, you know? So for Tarek mm-hmm. for, for Tarek, for me to be still <laughs> for me to be still is like odd, you know, but I'm I'm cooling. Like I'm really content, you know. Um which I really appreciate because I think that shows just my growth with myself. Yeah. I think is is probably what, what I could uh attribute that to. Yeah. No, for sure, but I feel like uh, that's what I was gonna say when you were talking is if it sounds like you're just a little further along than <laughs> than the rest of us. <laughs> because uh <laughs> you know, mine has been like mine is different. It's been more of a like an up and down thing. Like the first two weeks I was solid, bro. I was like, bro, I can do this forever. Like this is mm-hmm. cool. Like, you know what I mean? I was like really on um I feel like the first two weeks for me was controlled. It was a controlled environment to where like there wasn't a lot going on. And when I first when this first started, I was alone. I didn't have my daughter either. Okay. And when those conditions changed, then everything kind of shifted a little bit because now I'm trying to incorporate this other person into my practice mm-hmm. and having I'm having a lot of trouble doing that, you know, trying to structure my day and take care of everything I want to accomplish mm-hmm. plus all of her needs. So then that was a thing and it's been back she's been going back and forth between my home and her mother's. So yeah, it's been a thing like it's been really difficult trying to like master that that chemistry, you know? Yeah. Um, so, w- so yeah. What so is you're that? just a further ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have, I mean, clearly we have different responsibilities. You know what I mean? No, so for your sure. Reality for looks sure, a lot sure. different. Like, but tell me more about that. Like, what, what, what about that? I guess you said, you know, at first it's like, oh, I can do this. I'm chilling. Is it the yeah. fact that is it is it? I don't want to say inconvenience in that way. It's like, I'm, I'm gonna use the word inconvenience because I don't have a different word. But is it the inconvenience of having to plan out this this curriculum, if you will, for Maddie, or is it the fact that it's having to balance that with the, the things that you would hope to work for or work on for yourself? It's a, it's a blend of the two, right? Because now, like my daughter's in a place she's never been in life. Like she's in school already, right? So mm-hmm. now we're all transitioning into making education a priority for for her growth, right? So that is a new thing for everybody because none of us have done this before nobody i know has homeschooled you know so now it's learning how to homeschool and figuring out how to teach and how to teach children you know because usually like if i was teaching my niece something it's a go do this and then i come back and check it because you know the basics you know how to read write all this stuff but a child doesn't you know five-year-olds don't really know how to read like that so i've got to read instructions to you so if you don't understand the instructions it's because i didn't explain them properly you know what i mean Mm. So it's that kind of like management, you know, of a little human, which is just different than 
I've experienced because I don't remember getting the kind of instruction that I strive and that I give my daughter, strive to and that I, you know, attempt to give my daughter. Um, I don't remember getting that kind of instruction growing up, nor do I remember um, ever learning how to do this. It's kind of like an on-the-fly kind of deal, right? Mm. So you take that and then you couple it with the fact that I have all of these lofty ideas of what a day should look like. You know, I should wake up every day, meditate for 15 minutes, do some yoga, work out. I should read, you know, X amount of pages or read for an hour. After that, man, I should be working on some goals. Man, I should be writing some stuff down and, you know, working on something. Then I should be writing. I should also, yeah, I should, I definitely should write. And you have these long lists of like, I need to accomplish all of these things when realistically, every day feels different. Every day you have a different energy. Your battery's different. The circumstances, the conditions are different. So it's, now learning to be adaptable to everything that's going on mm. in addition to, you know, all of my priorities, which is, you know, taking care of and educating my daughter as well as taking care of educating myself. Yeah. How how do you balance like that? How have you been balancing, I guess, those um, tasks that you want to complete with yourself, knowing that Two, I got that question. How do you, how are you balancing that? But then I also want to know, like, how do you feel after, working with with her on school stuff from a good portion of the day does it feel like you're losing time does it feel like okay this was good we got through a lot like what like what are the feelings associated with that because you know after like a productive day for yourself at least for me i feel like oh man this feels good what does it feel like when you're doing that for someone else knowing that it's contributing to like her future hmm. it's 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 a ephemeral thing like it keeps changing right because mm -hmm. In the beginning, it was a like, very high sense of accomplishment because, A, I'm, you know, my ego says, oh, I'm doing something that, man, man, they ain't do for me, right? It's my ego mm -hmm. involved in, like, getting this thing done. And then it's also, you know, the genuine emotion of, like, seeing her growth and watching her learn and, like, doing, like writing her A alone and then doing 2 plus 2 by herself. It's spelling words by herself. That was, like, these are milestones. So th that part is, like, genuinely excitement, you know, and pure excitement. You know, so it's that it was that in the beginning, and now it's like, you know, it, it it became a little bit, you know, daunting. Not daunting, but it was just like a little bit frustrating. The idea that like I'm losing the playtime that we had. Like I, I was fun dad oh, forever. You know, dude. I was just man coming to the house. Hey, what's going on? Hey, you trying to play at the barbers? Let's do that. Oh, hide and seek. Let's get it. Rock paper scissors. I'm with it. Like I was just always like on wow. and just moving with her. Yeah. And now it's like, no, nah, you're you're teaching her now. So it's like. You know, I've got to, you know, I'm trying to adopt this stern teaching style because that's all I've ever seen. And now it's learning that, yo, your complaint about the world, you know, and they treat us all the same or that, you know, there's this 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 one way of doing things that is the right way. And they put us in these boxes. You know, you're such you're, you're, you're so opposed to these ideas. However, you are replicating them in your world, right? My daughter's a part of my world, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm you're saying, I'm you're saying you were you were opposed to that that approach? I'm opposed to the approach of treating everybody as if, you know, they should be on this same um running at the same speed, right? Okay. So in the education system it feels like, you know, it's the standard that they've set that everybody needs to meet in this way of teaching. You know, you're going to sit at this desk, we're going to stand over here, we're going to give you instructions, you're going to do what we say, period, right? So mm -hmm. that structure, I don't necessarily agree with. I think that people learn in different ways, right? Some yeah. people are literal and they need to see and touch things. Other people need to hear it. Other people are visual learners or, you know, auditory, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So I do agree with that. And I agree that, you know, based on a child's age, 
their instruction should be different. You know, my daughter doesn't need to sit for too, too long because that's just not her way. Like, you know, she can and will do it if I make her. But at the same time, it's like, why can't we do something that's on our feet? Why can't we make it fun? And why can I make it, why can't I cater it to my daughter's personality specifically as opposed to what I think it should be or what I've been taught it should be? You feel me? Gotcha. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. I definitely feel yeah. that. So Is like that a this, dynamic approach maybe or I don't know? Man, I don't I don't even know, bro. I, th- I think, I mean, what what I hear, the thing that stands out to me, and I think probably because that's kind of what I've been thinking about a little bit more, um, is that transition of like you having to transition your role. Um, yeah. You know, you said from being like, you know, she expecting and you expecting in some capacity to like have fun and, you know, play and now having to become this teacher. You know what I mean? Like literally responsible for her learning. It's like you just kind of that that just became your responsibility basically overnight, you know? Um, yeah. Not saying that there wasn't always time before that where that you had opportunities, but now this is like the, yeah, the this, bulk. This, this is like the bulk no. of it, you know? So, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely um, commend you and all the other parents out there that are having to make those adjustments, you know? Yeah. Um, especially, especially at that age, like you said, because that's so key. You know what I mean? Um, when we were, you know, those, those years are so important, man. Like kindergarten, first yeah. grade, second grade, probably also even up to third grade. Like it's so much that's like foundational at that age, at that age. Yeah, sure. It's not, not like, you know, like you said, an older, um, family member or a daughter or a niece or whoever cousin that you can just kind of have them go do their work and you're just looking it over. <laughs> like you got to be actively right. involved. So it's definitely taking yeah. up a lot of different time and energy. And you also forward. aren't responsible for what they don't know, right? Mm. When you're the parent of that person, like if they don't know something, you're kind of responsible to some degree because it's your job to oversee that process. And you mm. put them there. Like if you're not happy with the school, bro, you put them in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's all of these different things of like, you know, you're responsible for this person and their development. So, I mean, it's a little, it's a little daunting in that way, in that regard for sure, because it's just like, it's a lot of responsibility, you know, now for real, before it wasn't really that, just keep them alive and you're good. <laughs> but now <laughs> it's a little bit more responsibility. She's so alive. Okay. She's it's tough. Good. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. She's breathing. She's a, she's a breather. Okay, cool. Fuck. I didn't, I got to feed her. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that. man. Yeah. But for you, bro, like, what is that? You know, how is that? That's shifting. You have a roommate now, right? So I do, man. You're shifting. You're shifting. One thing I wanted to ask, and I don't know if it's it's uh, sketchy to ask, but do you th- like? Would you have rather this happened a couple months ago when you were like just been stuck at your other place, or do you appreciate having, you know, maybe the support or having the homie there too, and having somebody Ooh. to kind of like you know op with or whatever, or do you miss that complete solitude where it's like, yo, if this happened literally a couple weeks ago, you know, before I would have just been like on my on my own little little thing. <laughs> That's so funny because I thought about that the other day, man. Like, of damn, course you did, bro. You literally just shifted. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny, man. Um, I was so anti roommate for a very long time, and being with my parents, like I was very clear, like I needed to be by myself, and I felt like I wouldn't mm-hmm. get into a roommate situation until. I was, I'm not going to say, I was going to say until I was married, but that's not a roommate situation. I just want to be clear. I just want to be clear. I understand that getting married is not a roommate, okay? For any of those that are listening, 
and critiquing <laughs> what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But I was basically under the impression I would not be living with anyone unless it was my wife. Um, mm. And then kids, if they if they need a place to stay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> imagine you have kids, they live somewhere else. Uh, right? Um, no, uh, I'm joking. Um, so, um, about Bro, that, that about actually that. happens though. That's the funny thing. Like our like our parents' generation, their kids used to stay with their, with their parents. Remember, the kids used to stay with whose parents? Like like my mother's generation. There's a lot of kids that the you know the mom may have at an early age, and then they just stay with oh they know, stay with their grandparents, moms and pops. Yeah, yeah oh, they would go yeah, travel. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go try to set up shop in Chicago or New York. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's uh, true. That's so, it's just not the norm anymore. But that was the thing. Yeah, bro, you're so right because. My grand, my grandmother, bro, when she came to America, she still had ten kids that she mm. was still supporting, yeah. who were back in Belize while she was here. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that was just that was just the normal thing. That's just do. what you wow, had to do. It's just a crazy compromise. And wow. it's funny to say that, like you said it very casually, you kind of dis- like dismissively because it's like such an absurd idea. Yeah, but yeah, that's like I mean, even the most crazy things we could think of is like you know to a degree somebody's reality and that's not even like yeah. i'm not it's funny because i this may sound like i'm trying to be like empathetic and i'm not i'm just like looking at it as a sense of like it's just crazy don't mistake this for empathy. Empathy. do not mistake this for empathy <laughs> but no it's uh it's just really interesting because like that's like legit like how it went for so many people yeah yeah that's true that's true yeah man so i mean so like yeah that's kind of where i was i just wasn't really into the idea and then I started to look at, you know, the place where I was living. It was a loft. I was paying a decent, like a good amount of money or a reasonable amount of money, in my opinion, for a lot of space. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, I felt like it was the perfect move. Like, you know, I got these 25 foot high ceilings and, you know, it was a loft. Like, it just felt so good to be in that space. And I loved it. Um, you know, been there. I think I was there for, what, two years, a little over two years. And. I was just really starting to look at the fact that I was in school and I was in my last year that, yo, I'm about to really be in some serious debt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I started to look at my money differently and I started to really ask questions like, okay, how much consumer debt do I have? What are my interest rates? How much student loan debt do I have? What are the interest rates? What is my payment going to be? What is that going to look like? What type of job am I going to have? What's my income going to look like in a few years? And as much as I was comfortable where I was and I didn't have any real like struggle, uh, fortunately, I had to look and realize like this spot isn't mine, you know, where I was staying and there's opportunities for me to move into a space where I can save money and really start aggressively like attacking my debt and really start building out some real financial plans and goals. I never really sat down to face that with myself. Um, you know, money wasn't something I've really, um, I mean, not something I was really, something, money wasn't something I was taught growing up. Um, sure. but because of my other experiences, I had been put into places where I had to teach financial literacy. And in doing that, I had to inform myself a little bit more. Ah, so my priority shifted. That's nice. Um, I started to see finance, finances a lot differently. And because of that, my priority in wanting to ensure that I became a lot more financially secure my desire to live alone became less of a priority, you know, mm-hmm. um, my, 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 my perspective shifted really is what it, what it came down to. So in making the decision to make that transition, I came in with a very clear understanding as to why I was making that decision. So therefore everything else around me kind of started to make sense. I wasn't as, um, particular about 
you know, why I wouldn't want to live with someone, you know? So in, in, mm. in having made the shift in the transition, it's been great. You know, um, you know, I've lived with Ashford before my roommate, I lived with him before in college. Um, but it was like six of us in the crib. Um, so this mm -hmm. is a very totally, totally different situation for it to be the two of us. Um, but one of the selling points was the fact that Ashford and I have totally separate schedules, to totally opposite yeah. schedules. Um, the fact that, you know, I'm here during, uh, the evening, until morning, Ashford's here throughout the day. Like he go, he works night shift. I work, you know, day shift. So we miss each other just enough to so that point where it doesn't feel like we're always in someone else's space. We're inside each other's space. Yeah. Um, but then the quarantine happened, and um, that shifted, you know. But even with that, like it's it's been it's been really dope to kind of have, um, you know, homie here to be like chop talk, um, accountability, um, setting different goals. It feels a lot like more productive and I felt like this chapter in my life and making the decision was really about putting a lot more things into action. I think my time mm -hmm. in solitude, I actually filmed a video uh, when I left um, Pomona where I was living by myself. I filmed the video of like what I felt that chapter in my life meant. And to me, it was just like mm. the study of myself. You know, my address started with one zero one. So, you know, like college one one or like credit one one. Yeah. Or, Emotional intelligence, one on one. I felt that represented like it represented in your life. Yeah, the one on one period of my life of just learning myself and the basics of who I am and what I want. Yeah. And to me, I feel like this chapter was really is really about me like developing and putting things into action a lot, a lot more than what I had before. So, um, you know, this brought me into a space where I feel like, hey, I'm creating now. I'm actually here because it's a it's an incubator for where I'm headed. You know, it doesn't feel like this is mm -hmm. the end or this is what it's going to be for hella long, but it feels like, okay, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a position to prepare. Um, and that's kind of what I feel like what this quarantine has been for me, you know, and I think that's why I'm at a place of like, um, peace about it. Um, because I've, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the time to de develop parts of me that I otherwise wouldn't have had time to do because my life lesson, as I've always stated, has been slow down. And I don't know, but this this situation has definitely caused me to slow down a whole lot more than I ever would have in my life. So yeah, um, yeah. definitely doing my best to take percent. advantage of it. You know, so a thousand percent. It's interesting, man. It's, it, I, I was, it's, it's just so many so many things with what you were saying, but it's dope to. I love the the recognition of where you are at these different stages and like the shift in priorities and kind of understanding that all of that stuff is fluid. Is what is what what I what I took away of just like. You know, you're able to understand that that solitude was necessary for that one-on-one -on -one period for what you were doing at that time, and now it's like, all right, cool. I'm on a I'm on a different wave. There are different things that are important to me in this moment, so now this is okay for this moment. You know? Yeah. Um. So I love that. I love that 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 like you know transition, and um, it's interesting, man, because I agree with you. I do feel like this is the same thing, man. Like this period, man, as brutal for me as it as it has been at, at in some moments it's it's beautiful because like i know at some point we're gonna look back on this time and say yo man those are special moments but i think i was so like kind of caught up with the other thing that i didn't really realize how how much i would reference this time and this period and what it taught and meant for me you know yeah um so yeah i, I do for sure agree man because because for me I'm learning so much about who I am, bro. Like mm -hmm. I haven't spent, I've never spent this much time with myself. Like for real, like, you know, the closest thing in the last five years has been my time in Nigeria and Toronto. But 
the caveat there is there was always something to do in a new city and there was no social distancing, you know? Wow. Like I was yeah. always out and doing my thing. So it wasn't its own, you know, unique singular thing. It was a collective experience still, you know, in these mm -hmm. places. And then um, I think back to when I was a kid, I spent, bro, like I spent an hour today, bro, in like deliberate thought. Like I was just thinking about like, all of the like the way I was raised and why I'm so comfortable in stillness, why I like stillness, why I like solitude, why I want to live alone, like why I, I I feel this way. Like I really unpacked it. Like I've never done anything in life before, right? And um, unless it's the internet, right? So it's such a focused time where it's like it's almost like a master class of, you know, that great question of who are you? <laughs> you know mm, what I mean? Yeah, who are you? Ooh, that's good. Man. Yeah. Th that that that's so good um i think it's dope that you can recognize moments where you've had similar experiences but your level of awareness is totally different and your ability to kind of control and kind of dictate and be deliberate with how you're utilizing that time in this process yeah. to learn yourself you know because i think yeah that's a great fear you know the fear i think sometimes is having to look at ourselves in the mirror um, and for me, I wouldn't even say for myself, I even realized that that was a fear until much like through, like after mm -hmm. like therapy and all that, I realized that yeah. I had never taken time to look at myself in the mirror. Um, one of the things that my therapist had asked me was who, like, who are you? <laughs> and, you know, I started to tell him like, I'm an educator, I'm this, I'm that. And yeah. he's like, okay, you told me what you do, but now I'm asking you to tell me who are you? And I was like, uh, huh? You know what I mean? Like I've never, yeah, yeah. never had to like answer that. And I, had, I struggled. I don't, I, I still, well, he wrote a book and like I had to read it and it kind of helped me recognize a little bit more about that. Will Smith from Fresh Prince. <laughs> Man, he had read a, he had wrote a book and I had to read it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, so that kind of helped me like get a better grip on it. Cause it's still a very difficult question to answer because I think yeah. in society, at least when I look at myself and other people, I do attribute what people do and what they have to who they are. You know, as much as I say, mm. no, I know those things aren't mm. valuable. Those are the things I'm looking at. You know, those are the things that yeah. tell me who this person is. Like I've, I've been in so many situations with people, um, even the stuff that we've been doing, which I'm, you know, like with um, hosting these, these online virtual connections with people and groups of individuals and chats that, um, in meeting people and just connecting has been amazing. But afterwards, and uh, you know, we finally get on people's social media and realize all oh, these people have thousands and thousands of followers. Like had I known that going into these situations, I would have handled those situations differently. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and I hate that that's the reality, you know, but it's something I had to recognize. Well, why, why, mm -hmm. why, why, why do I feel wow. that way? That's but crazy. because we're on quarantine, I have time to think about where's that association coming from? You know, because I remember back when I used to kick it with, with the homies who were, you know, on TV and in the industry and I was tagging along and rocking with them heavy. I would feel very uncomfortable being in those spaces because I felt like I didn't have any value. I felt like I had nothing to offer. I was in school and I was working a, a part-time gig, you know, and here they are, you know, with the cars, the locations, the, the, the activities, just all these things that are happening, you know, to me, like those things were the things that were valuable and I couldn't contribute to that, you know, 
but I've always been yeah. who I was, but I never allowed my light to shine in those spaces because I told myself that I didn't fit in those spaces. Mm. And, you know, however many years later, it re-encountering those individuals and having these conversations, you know, these conversations, I've kind of opened up a little bit more about my experiences back then. And they just said like, yeah, it just seemed like I wasn't the most comfortable, um, but I always had something, you know, which is why I was around, which is why people, you know, they I would be invited and, you know, brought into these other spaces. But um, it let me know, like, I had to recognize my value. I had to recognize, like, mm-hmm. what it was that I truly valued and what mattered to me, you know. So come and kind of bringing it back to, like, looking at followers and people's influence. Um, it's because of this understanding of the perception that people have, you know. Yeah. Um a fear of like, oh, they must live life differently. They must be they must be living in a different world with different realities and different expectations that I just don't understand. You know? So this is interesting. It's just interesting all around, man. Um having these these experiences and being able to like recognize being able to recognize myself and be comfortable mm. with the process of asking those tough questions to figure out what things I'm attracted to, what things I value and being okay with not being okay with some of the things that I'm attracted to, you know, being okay with some of the things that I'm not valuing and then having the conversation of figuring out, well, if this isn't what I'm comfortable valuing like followers and influence, why do I feel that way? And what can I do Mm -hmm. to help, mitigate oh is that a good word that sound that came out of nowhere mitigate Mitigate is a good word wow Mitigate. i think i i I would have to look it up but i I think it's kind of like on the lines of like um yeah it is mediation think about mediation it's the uh, yeah the middle point between two parties from the opposition and the defense there it is Tarek. i get i'll give myself 10 points for that one brother mitigate having to mitigate like where and how and you know what i mean like working through that with myself um, and giving myself time in that way, giving myself grace, giving myself love through that process um, has been amazing, you know, and to, 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 to kind of bring that full circle to what you were saying and your ability to recognize this time and being deliberate in this space with yourself. It's like, I think that's, you know, granted, we all have different responsibilities, as I said, but I feel like a lot of what's happening too is the fact that we're having to deal with ourselves. And I think the average person who's been on the go because of busyness and work and just other responsibilities and just life hasn't taken the time to do that. You know, and I've been fortunate enough to have access to therapy, to have this podcast, to have you, to have the homies around to be able to chop and like work through a lot of these things. I can only imagine what this would have looked like prior to having all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I've got to start with mitigate. Um, I had to look it up because I wasn't sure if I, I think I got that mixed up with mediation, mediate. Mm-hmm. But mitigation means to make less severe, serious, or painful, lessen the gravity of or offensive or whatever. I'm just such a nerd with words that I had to look it up. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> you said a lot of dope stuff here. Um, but it's interesting, man. You talked about the value of, you know, people, like, you know, of people based on the things that they have or the things that they do. And I do the same thing, bro, and I hate it so much. Like, I even down to what people wear sometimes, you know? Mm. And it's funny that because... That one kills me. <laughs> yeah. I'm on, I got, I'll be on IG sometimes, and I'll look at somebody's follower account, right? And they might have hundreds of thousands of followers or whatever. 
and then I'll look at a photo of them. And then I try, like literally, <laughs> I try to separate this photo from this account, right? And I try to look at it independent of all the information on their account. I'm like, bro, like, I don't know if I would think this person is as popping if I didn't see 100,000, right? And mm. that's not in the context of saying that they're, that, that they're not exciting, right? But I wouldn't. I wouldn't make them, I wouldn't idealize them, like make them like idealistic or make them like, you know, put them on a pedestal, you know, in that same way if I didn't see this number before, right? So it's kind of letting you know, like, it's kind of like making you aware is what I heard you say of like your value system, you know? Yeah. And maybe investigating why it's in place like that or whatever, whatever it is. But it's just a very interesting correlation to where we've now ascribed, um, which I mean, actually it, it makes perfect sense though because, you know, if you if this was the real world, you know, these social media influencers would be are just celebrities before social media or, you know, a pastor or anybody of, of great influence that has a lot of people listening to them, you know? Yeah. So that 100K is just these many people listen to me, you know? Yeah. So it actually makes sense from a sociological standpoint, but it's so interesting, man. Like, I try to, to get away from that, too. That's why I actually appreciate when I meet somebody first, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, in the events where you meet them first and then you go and look say oh man they got all of this stuff and you know but i've met them as a normal human so i look at them in that context yeah yeah because I'm, I'm even interested to know what that energy feels like on the other end of that you know like what the do they, imagery like, what they feel about it yeah like somebody who has two hundred thousand, like like situations where people go into the situation knowing uh, yeah, that they have influence and how they interact with them versus maybe coming coming into spaces like some of the ones we've created where none of that even matters, where we don't even have access to that information to know what these people do, you know, yeah. anything, the spaces they, that they frequent, you know, especially now because we're looking at everyone's home. We're not looking at their grams and connecting in that way and like these social settings and spaces where we can speculate. It's like, Okay, you got a bed, you got a couch. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? Unless they're living in some like extravagant mansion somewhere, but you know, it's 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 um it's a really interesting way. I I just really love the way that we've been connecting during this quarantine with other people. Um yeah. because it 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 brings to light the reality of our innate desire for relationships and connection um like that that you know kind of what you said as far as like going back to the value of people and all that like um i've been reading i've been talking to other folk and just the things the commentary that people are having during this time bro it's like making us realize what truly matters Mm -hmm. you know what's really important you know people um What's his name? Is it is it Richard? What what's the Kumo? Is his name Kumo, brother? What's your Kuomo? Um, Kuomo? Yeah, Kuomo. You talking? Just just say whether it's the I don't know their names. Just say whether yeah. it's the governor or the or the um reporter. The reporter. The the reporter. The reporter. Okay. Um, yeah. He um I guess was on. He was on the radio recently. That question has me so shook because they're like they're like twins in my head. So I'm like really yeah, like, I, I feel like, like I can't yeah. remember either name right now. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, like he he was on a um on a radio show recently, and he was just talking about how he doesn't want his, his direct quote is I don't want to spend my time doing things that I don't think are valuable enough to me personally. I don't value indulging irrationality, 
hyperpartisanship. So he's kind of talking about politics a bit, but then he's just talking about being this figure. He goes, um, basically him him not being able to voice himself. So basically he's at home, he's out on his front yard with his family. Some guy comes and like, you know, starts talking trash to him because everyone's aware that he he tested positive for coronavirus. Mm. Oh, um, wow. And because of his, his position, he can't be a normal person until the dude go to hell. You know, he can't really lash back mm. out. And him not being able to, I guess, essentially experience this 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 emotion as a human being made him realize like wait a minute like why i can't do this because of my position okay well what's my position he started to think about what his position is and he's he's basically speaking to the fact that you know he has to play both sides and the information he's being he has to put out and the information he's he has to give out to the public because of his role doesn't match up with who he is as a person. It doesn't add mm-hmm. additional value. You know, he goes, I don't think it's worth it to me because I don't think I mean enough. I don't care. I matter enough. I don't think I can really change anything. So then what am I really doing? You know? And it's like in this moment, he's recognizing the perception of like what he does and he's successful. He's making millions of dollars, but what does that really matter? You know? And and I think mm-hmm. that's so odd because once again, going back to the things that we value, or at least for me, that I say I value when I'm looking on at people, what their influence, how much money they have, the things they're able to buy, as much as I know that that's not what truly matters, it matters, <laughs> you know? Um, mm. it, it has an impact. And for someone to be in that position to essentially be now speaking to what it's really about is like what his values and things that he's passionate about and the things that he feels are important to him is what he wants to give himself to. It's like, damn, like we all have that opportunity, but it's almost as if for myself, it's almost as if I want to reach a level of success to experience that first and then figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, um, it, it, it's, it's such a like a, a a dichotomy you know what i mean like it's almost like i have this yeah. split mind of like mm-hmm. i know the things that i want to do when it comes to education and bringing people together and connecting um for the love and passion of the work now i want to do that and be able to make good money from doing that as well perfectly fine but then the other end of it is like well i also do want to put on events and be able to work with people in in entertainment which can also bring about more influence and i can use that influence to also bridge the gap between my passion projects you know so it was like Mm -hmm. i have this dual mind depending on the day i really want to get successful and have influence to be able to start pulling resources in but then i also want to just dedicate to the craft and the passion work and allow whatever happens to happen um but because of that like duality of it all, it's interesting to hear someone who's kind of made it in that w- regard, like for him working on CNN and being this reporter and making millions of dollars, talk about being there. He'd rather be elsewhere doing something that he's passionate about, something that actually matters to him and how mm-hmm. hearing that puts it into like a sobering re- reality for me of like, I can get rid of that expectation of what that, that perceived success mm-hmm. feels like i can i can yeah. trust the word of someone who's kind of doing it especially for cnn you know what i mean like this isn't just some um 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 i don't know like i don't want to disrespect anybody but like um like this success overnight type situation you know it wasn't just mm-hmm. some viral person who went viral and like you know this is someone who's built his career around this thing that he's 
gotten to a level where he's he's recognized and he's saying, I don't feel valued. I don't feel important. I don't feel like I matter. You know, like that, that's mm-hmm. mind boggling to me just to, just to read, have read that article and like come to a place to recognize that. So I keep missing one bit. So you say, you keep, you're saying that he'd rather be somewhere else doing something he's really passionate about and not reporting. He, yeah. So, um, let me, let me pull it back up. So, He says that his battle with COVID-19 has made him rethink Mm. his values and question his position as a public figure. I left that important information out. (laughs) I don't, he's a quote, I don't like what I do professionally. I don't think it's worth my time. And then he launched into the tale about the biker, which is that person who confronted him for being out. So he says he doesn't like what he does professionally. Yes. He doesn't think it's worth his time. Yes. That's that's brilliant. I love that. Yes. Cool. So I I, I thought that's what I heard. I just wanted to clarify it before I spoke to those points. Yeah. it's interesting because success, I think a lot of people look at it as a defining characteristic characteristic, as opposed to just simply a motivator, right? Mm-hmm. I think success is supposed to just breed confidence, right? I've done this. I was successful at it. Boom. I know I can do this or better, right? Because I've done it already. So it should just kind of be this motivating factor to kind of keep you keep moving you forward um, on your own individual pursuit or even for others to look at it and be like, yo you know, such and such was able to do this. Well, you know, I believe that, you know, you know, we're peers, we're equal, so I can do it too if they were able to accomplish it, right? It kind of like demystifies it. However, I feel like a lot of times people are looking at it as this defining characteristic as if only the people who have success are capable of success. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes, yes. When it's not this thing that's just like very specific to these individuals as if these individuals are just like the chosen ones and they are the only ones that can like, you know, reach this plateau. It's like, nah, bro, we're all capable of making it up this mountain, right? But it's just a matter of, I think, reframing the way we look at these these positions and these um, societal constructs, right? Because, you know, you, you know, as well as I do, know several people who we've known before the Instagram thing and before they've had all these followers and have reached this, you know, number, I got this blue check, you know, we knew people before and saw them grow into it, in addition to the fact that, like, we just know them independent of that information or that um, condition, right, so with that, it's like, you know, we know they're normal people, you know, but it's just this sense of, like, this attachment we have to these ideas of, like, what this all means when it really means nothing, and I, and I you know, it's crazy, you know, it's crazy as I think about that as it relates to me, right, because mm-hmm. I don't look at myself as an actor. I don't look at myself as as anything. You know what I mean? So, you know, when people look on, like, you know, with, you know, and the compliments I appreciate and I enjoy and, like, it's dope to have that affirmation and that, that approval. But for some reason, I don't look at it as approval because I still don't think I'm good enough to do anything that I'm doing truthfully either. Right? Mm. I don't think that I'm special enough or that I've truly earned it or I'm, I'm a good actor. Like, you know, I have times when I really wrestle with the idea of, whether I'm doing a good job at, at what I do or whether it's all a fluke, you know, those are real tangible thoughts for me, you know, but on the outside end, people wouldn't see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just interesting to kind of just think about all of the different aspects, man, of that, uh, of that, uh, idea. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Man. It's like, we never know the story or like what people are dealing with, oh. you know? And we hear that in so cliche, but, I think the power is in actually getting in to like have conversations with the people we have access to, to find out, you know, 
um, I think about my time at 101 again, you know, being isolated, um, just in the sense that I was by myself majority of my time, you know, aside from being mm-hmm. at work and school, I didn't have, you know, I had kind of conversations and whatnot, but just being out, there wasn't a lot of time that I'd have conversations with people where I'd get deep enough to find out what they're dealing with, you know, outside of like the people I chopped with, you know what I'm saying? Like you and I had conversations. So, you know, we're checking in on each other, but to have more people that we're connected to and aware of, to me at least, keeps me grounded to recognize, okay, so we're all experiencing similar things, you know, and us having um, launched the group chat with the homies and we just come together and we, we, we share with one another and just kind of be there. It's done a lot to make me feel like, okay, like calm down a little bit. Like, it helps me calm down a bit. You know, it helps me feel like I'm not alone. It helps me feel like, mm. okay, I hear what other people are. Okay. So this is something we're all dealing with so that my ideas aren't overly inflated to like this idea of I'm, mm. I'm messing up. What was me? I need yeah. to get on track. I need to do better. I'm messing up. I'm not being as disciplined. I'm, I'm not doing the things I, I said I would do. You know, while some of those things are important, I'm able to be mindful of the things I need to shift while still giving myself that grace to recognize we're all figuring it out. We all have life that is impacting us and changing the plans that we have for ourselves, you know? Um, And it's funny to take it even further because I'm supposed to be booming this year, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying, bro? Like, yeah, I'm going to keep it real dog. Like, like, this year, grad, you know, finishing grad school, supposed to be presenting at this national conference with over 8,000 professionals in my field. I'm presenting, you know, in this space, booked my first keynote gig, um, financial goals, you know what I'm saying? An additional 13,000, bro, was supposed to be coming in within three months, you know, mm-hmm. just throughout those three months of other things that I was doing. All of that stuff got wiped away. Every single last one of them, you know, and it's so interesting because it felt like I had been building up all this time, all this preparation, trying to wrap my mind around. Come on, Tarek, you got to get it together. You got to focus in. You got to have real goals. Let's put some action to some stuff, you know, started putting some action to some things, buckled down with school to get through it because I was behind and to do all that and get prepared to this level that I thought was going to be like, man, I'm finally doing what I had in my mind that I wanted to be doing and then for COVID to hit, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. none of that matters anymore. You know, not to say that it's not important for me to be on top of my things and doing all that, but it just let me realize like at the end yeah. of the day, all this stuff can be wiped away and I still got to yeah. deal with me, you know? Yeah. So what are my values? Like, like once again, what are my values? What's important to me is what it's always going to be, you know what I mean? Can yeah. I look at myself in the mirror and be content with the decisions I made and the things that I say are important to me? Yeah. You know, so. A uh, couple questions. Uh, first, how would you define the group chat to, to people? Or how would you describe that? How would I define the group chat? Yeah. Mm. The group chat itself. Um, I think it's a it's an intimate space for intimate in the idea of like not being hella people, um, mm. like a, a a community of individuals uh, focused on 
just having discussions um, to challenge one another in the way that we think, to provide support, um, engagement, you know, um, just to help us build relationships, um, establish community, uh, and bring about healthy perspectives. I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways, you know, it's like having this, how many of us is it? Six of us? Like six, six, seven. six or seven right now. Right. And this is all, all, all male, you know, we, we get on, we check in with each other. So there's that like community aspect of just being able to just joke and talk about where we are and open up about what we're dealing with. And then just have some conversations about some of the challenges, whether it be in relationships, work, self, um, habits, you know what I mean? Like just being able to have that and, and taking other people's perspectives. Like I've grown so much from being a part of, um, this group, you know what I mean? As far as mm -hmm. having people, brothers that I can rely on and just kind of be there without judgment, you know what I mean? Without any real expectation, there's no like mentorship or, um, we're going to, you're going to come out of this healthier, richer, you know what I mean? Like it's, not, it's none of that. It's just being there. And naturally, those other elements come about, come about, of that of that uh, encounter. What would you say? How would how would you describe the, the space for that? No, much of the same, bro. Much of the same. I really like your takeaways. Like, I really like the idea that you're saying, like, you know, you really appreciate like that the fact that other people are experiencing the same things you do, right? Because it mm -hmm. feels like it's interesting, man. Because there's so much that we don't see. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like. There's so much that, that happens, you know, that is just, that is just far away from like, you know, what we're allowed, what we're, what we're able to like, you know, define and, 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 and perceive, right? And mm -hmm. I love when we're in those spaces where we get to talk to the homies and we're able to talk and everything like that. And you get to kind of really identify and just know that you're not alone in what you're, what you're going through, you know? Yeah. And oftentimes, man, when we're quiet about what we're experiencing and, you know, I guess lack vulnerability, you know, to, to put it shortly, we we feel like we're, we're the only ones that could be thinking this or feeling this or the only ones experiencing this suffering or pain or whatever. When it's, in fact, man, it's not, you know, we're not the only ones. You know, everybody's <laughs> experiencing different variations of this wide palette of emotions, you know. Man. But what I love about the group chat is, you know, when we're able to engage in that way, it's it's a space where we're able to kind of like, put all the cards out on the table and then see who has like like hands and decks or whatever, whatever they mm -hmm. books or whatever they call that crap, you know, but we're able to really just kind of like see each other's hand and like kind of take off that mask for a minute and just kind of vibe out and just kind of see like what's like, what's real, you know, it feels like it almost feels like a decoded event. Like, you know, you're taking away all of the, it's like a stripped, it's like a stripped environment mm -hmm. where you're taking away all of the, you know, um, exterior stuff and you're really getting to kind of look at like what people are actually feeling and experiencing and like those are the events i just really i really am passionate about like i really love those spaces man i think like i don't know i wish i wish they i wish they were more common mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely and that's why i love what we're doing bro like it's been a minute since we you know recorded but we haven't stopped bringing people together for yeah the the opportunity to connect on a level that means something um, from, you know, we were doing the in-person pop-up events. Like we did one in Atlanta, did one in LA. 
just bringing people together, playing, we're not really strangers, and people leaving feeling like, man, like I made some real connections and I really had a conversation with someone and I was able to open up and be honest about things that, be vulnerable, honestly, is what it comes down to. And then mm-hmm. to kind of take that that same format and for us to be able to introduce that through online platforms to kind of still create that, especially in a time where we're isolated, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I saw a tweet that said, community isn't canceled. And I just mm-hmm. love that, you know, because we're not able to gather yeah. in person physically, but that doesn't mean that we can't still find ways to connect with other humans. You know what I mean? Because we, we desire that. Like I said, like it's innate within us. Um, so spaces like the group chat, you know, and um, being able to, to offer spaces for people to connect by playing games and, and, and things that just make us almost forget about the exterior stuff, you know, and kind of work on the internal stuff is, is, is valuable, invaluable, honestly. Um, me too, bro. I'm extremely passionate about those spaces, man, because they do so much for me. You know, they do so much for me and then the feedback that people give us, man, I'm just so fortunate and grateful to be a part of bringing that community to others. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so necessary, man. And like, kind of going back to um, Cuomo's, Cuomo's, Cuomo's quotes, it's like, I'm realizing the things that are important to me, right? In the same way that you are, where I thought acting and being on stage and, you know, being on camera and like, you know, progressing as an actor, I thought that's what was the most important thing to me right now, right? And I thought that potentially I may not be happy independent of of those things happening however i found the opposite because like i'm not doing any of those things but i feel great you know what i mean yeah i may feel better now than i did you know when i actually was doing some of those things right in moments right they're transit it's not like a it's not a state i'm always in but there are moments when i feel like i feel whole and i'm not doing what i love to do right man so what i'm finding man too is like just the idea of like what is important who are you you know like that stuff is like really those are two que- two questions or two ideas that are really like profound right now to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and yeah i love it man like th- that's one of the things i found in this time that i'm t- i really want to keep doing is bringing people together like creating spaces where people can can share conversations and thoughts and ideas and can laugh and and talk and just and just be like be themselves too you know that's something i really enjoy man and I'm looking forward to like just all the dynamics. Like I know we said our thing is like, you know, all male, right? You know, mm-hmm. but it's interesting because like I feel like in like in the climate sometimes that can potentially even be triggering, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, men are sitting around talking how does change happen when it's just, you know, one set of ideas, right? Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because like I feel like we need both, right? You need that, you know, community of peers that are you know share a large amount of commonalities whether it be gender race or whatever to be able to talk and connect and understand where they are and also take that perspective or take the you know some of these lessons or whatever and take it to another collective space and share with another group right that has Mm -hmm. a different viewpoint on it you know yeah definitely i don't know i just i don't know and it's interesting it's just it's just it's just people bro like everybody's so different i don't know i'm learning that like you know what it you know I think acting is like an expression for me if I were to put this all in one sentence, mm. but I'm learning that it's the psychology. It's the, 
sociology or the community is all of those I- ideas that I'm really passionate about, just people and how people move and behave and the stories we tell and, and the whole nine. And the stories we tell. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, man. It's 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 super, super, super encouraging, man, because one of the biggest things we talk about in education is the need to identify and the sense of belonging. And that means connecting with people who share some identity with you, you know, mm-hmm. and often it's it's based on culture mm. um, or like ethnicity. Um, sometimes it's based on like maybe an academic. So maybe it'd be like an honor society or, you know, the biology club or something along those lines. Or maybe it's, you know, based off of socioeconomic status where you have those programs that focus on supporting low income students. But in some capacity, it's important to be with a group. Um, they call them affinity groups where it's like this is the group that's based off Sorry, of like. You said infinity or affinity? Affinity. Uh, affinity a, groups. Okay. Yeah. Like an, an, aff- an affinity group. Um, Got it. Yeah, you know, because that, that um, it's like basically, you know, similar characteristics and like those spaces are so important. And yeah. while someone can be a part of any one of those groups, it doesn't mean that they also aren't a part of other groups. Because in those mm-hmm. other groups, though, that um, intersectionality, essentially, it's like the combination of all of your identities make you who you are. So I may go into this space that's all male, but. I have a different experience because one of my other identities is as an educator, you know, and not everyone in, in that mm-hmm. group chat is an educator. So my experience as a True. male is going to be totally different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, you being a father, that's an identity that you have as well. That is going to bring a different yeah. element into that space. Yes, so it. it's like we all that that's considered our intersectionality. It's like where all of our identities mix into one and make us who we are. And it has an impact on how we show up in these spaces, affinity group or not. You know, so I just love mm-hmm. the ability to have that community, um, you know, when we do the group chat and then be able to bring some of that into the other spaces and the other events that we've hosted where we're bringing more people together from, you know, other genders as well. And like we're having conversation, we're connecting with one another and we're talking about the inner stuff, the the the, the inner workings of who we are as people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is so beautiful, bro got me so hype and that's i was actually going to say that like today um i got out and i went for a run and mm. i had my mask bro good for you dog thank you bro and i say that because i know that that's been something you probably about to say this anyway but whatever yeah. i'm gonna beat you to it go for so it. that's been something i know it's been on your mind for like a couple of years now like you've been like working towards like regularly running and getting back to a certain shape and a certain distance and all of this stuff like i know you've been working on that for probably at least 12 to 16 months I think about to say twelve to sixteen years. <laughs> nah, <laughs> imagine, bro. <laughs> no, but for real, man, I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it, that's me showing love. So initially, I said a couple years. I'm like, ah, right, let me get my man some more credit. Maybe 10 to twelve to sixteen years. No, um, no, no, I definitely appreciate that, bro. Um, I actually Ashford had had uh, invited me to go run last week, um, some spot like not too far. So y'all, y'all, you guys are making it a destination thing. You're not just going out on the street. You're going to like this time. That that time two weeks ago okay. was a destination thing. Um, it's like this. Okay. It's like a. It's like Route 66. So it's like this long just strip Hard. that goes from like Fontana all the way through like Pasadena. Oh yeah, that, that, that famous route, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I just yeah, noticed there's some country song or something called it. Anyways, um, you know, 
went on this thing and you know got out there and just started running so in the past i've been when i go to the gym i get on the treadmill and i just can't go to the gym without getting on the treadmill like it feels like i have to as much as i hate running i just have to so i've been doing that you know and two years ago i did trainer heather's um mile challenge where every day for the first week you ran one mile every day for the second week two miles all the way up until i think four miles a day every day of the week and it was great i felt amazing you know and that was years ago hadn't run consistently in that way since then and that was even on a treadmill so i was like man i really want to get out and get back to running um and went on this trail and you know started running i'm going at a decent pace not realizing not knowing how long this is really going to last you know yeah Um, because i'm not on the treadmill i can't look at the miles or the time of course i can use apps but you know we're just out just out living and seeing so we go on this yeah. strip and this is one straight strip bro and it looks exactly the same every single foot it's sand mm. the 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 um like the concrete if you will the light poles all the way yeah. for as far as we can see so that's just daunting and it makes me dizzy just thinking about it you know <laughs> yeah so i'm like trying to look down to not focus on how far i gotta go and how much you know how far we've come just focus on where i am and I struggled. I struggled something serious, ran mm. all the way without stopping one way. And then we decided to turn back. We said we're going to run for 30 minutes or 20 minutes straight, whatever it was. But this pace is a different pace than I'm used to because I can't just put 5.0, 8.0. You know, like I don't know what pace mm. I'm going at. I'm just going. Yeah. And I get yeah. burnt out. I can't breathe well. I'm just, I'm struggling, bro. It reminds me of the first day I, when I started running track. And I had mm. to run a mile that first day and I died after 200 meters, you know, had this stupid yeah. cramp and I couldn't breathe, couldn't hyperventilate in the whole nine, but I realized it required this level of work. So yeah. after that day, I'm like, it took me 30 minutes to recover after being in the car, you know? Um, and I'm like, damn, this is embarrassing. Like, this isn't what I want. Embarrassing for myself, not because people are around because social distancing. Um, <laughs> it's just, I didn't feel comfortable, you know? So today I'm like, man, I'm tired of like, thinking about it and trying to figure out how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to get out and just run. So today I just got out my, my, my apartment complex and just ran up and down the street, like down the street, around the corner, through these industrial places and came all the way back. And it was amazing. You know, it was amazing. I died a little bit, but not as much as I did the first time. But, um, it, 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 I don't even remember why I started to say this, but it reminds me of just the, um, yeah, I lost it. (laughs) I lost it. Um, I don't know. You were saying that you just, you went out running with Ashford, you know, something that, um, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I don't either. Yeah. Well, there it is. Um, I'm trying to be like, my, my therapist is good at that. I'd be like, man, what's I talking about? He's like, oh, well, you started off with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was your, your therapist. They'd be on top of it, boy. They'd be yeah, on they'd top. They'd be listening, it, listening. Um, no, but yeah, but on top it, of it. it's essentially the fact, the fact that I went running today, I felt really good. And yeah, that man. was something that I did it's and it started no my day off very well. And, yeah. oh, this is something I wanted to bring up. So I'm going to use this as a moment to kind of talk about it a little bit. Go. Was it's really important that my habits are matching um, what I want, you know, because I mean, and, and as straightforward as that may sound, it's like in this time, there was an article I read, I think it was on Forbes, like basically like alcohol, pornography, and like, I don't know, something else has gone up like rampantly 
you know, Netflix mm. or something because everyone's at home, mm. you know? And Guilty. I was talking to right, right, saying <laughs> and, and I let you I let you say Netflix and throw them off, but go ahead. <laughs> he didn't say did he say pornography? No, he didn't. He said Netflix. Um <laughs> but it 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 made me realize and just think like it almost feels like because we don't have work the next day or people aren't going out, some people do, right? But majority of us are like in home, at home most of the time. We don't have a lot of things to do. It almost is like our minds, for me and what I've gathered from Twitter and like what people have been saying is like we feel like it's the weekend. We can just turn up because we don't have stuff to do. You know, we don't got nothing to do, so I can just pull up some porn. You know, I've got nothing to do, so I'm going to just binge. I've been binging the hell out of TV shows, by the way. But yeah. it's like me i have to make i had to slow down and think like hold on if i'm drinking every day i'm not but like this if this was the case because of being because of quarantine i'm drinking every day watching pornography way more rampantly than ever before in my life um and then netflixing and binging all day when this is all lifted god willing whatever that looks like my body is not going to know, oh, that was just for quarantine. My body is still going to be desiring these things at a very high level if I make that a habit. So I had to make a very conscious decision of how I'm going to utilize my time based on what it is that I need for myself throughout my day. Because in partaking in any of those other areas, I feel horrible, <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. then that starts to impact my mind and how I'm feeling and it disrupts my peace. So today in running and starting my day off with that, bro, at my own pace, not trying to be, you know, who sent you saying bold or anybody like that, bro. I just get a chance to just get out there and just experience fresh air to run. And if I got to walk, yeah. I'm a walk. If I got to sit, I'm a sit and not having this expectation that I got to run X amount of miles. or I got to run it in this amount of time. No, let me just get out there and just put myself in position to allow this to be something that I can do and something that I can appreciate. And I feel so much more better about my day, you know, um, not to say that the other things aren't going to happen, but the fact that I can incorporate some other things that are kind of telling a different narrative to my body about what's important to me, has shifted my perspective on how I feel, you know? And, um, yeah, just wanted to share that. I think that that's, um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's amazing. It's so many different ways I can go with this to try to articulate this idea. Um, uh -huh. I chose to pick the safest. So, <laughs> um, it's interesting because well, what you're saying, like, um, I feel like it's important. Like we not focus on the symptoms of it. Right. I think, alcohol um sex uh it could be toxic behavior whatever it is i feel like all of these things even thought patterns right or emotional conditioning like whatever it is all of these things are just fruit right there's symptoms of something else right it's like you know they're they're, they're the the effect not the cause right the cause is something completely different or deeper like you know with you know, sex could be a sense of like comfort, right? You may need mm. comfort in that moment or you may need some affection or you may need um, an escape, you know, or you may need attention or whatever it is. And you may exercise or feel that need, you know, with pornography, right? And what it appears with you is like, you know, you're saying that, you know, you had these needs or whatever, but, you know, today I filled it with running, right? And that felt mm -hmm. good. That felt as satisfying as, you know, maybe whatever else, right? Masturbation? So... No, I said I said running. Oh, oh, 
no, 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 no. You, 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 you said that it feels as, as satisfying as anything else. <laughs> well, like not not well, not not in the same way, but I feel like yeah. <laughs> Not got you. But I feel like yeah, I'm trolling. Yeah, I'm trolling. I'm trolling here now. You're trolling, but we're here now. But yeah, no, it's not gonna feel exactly the same, unfortunately. But you know, I feel like the way you feel after, you're right. You appreciate that 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 wave a little bit more. But yeah. you know, one thing I actually talked about this in therapy before all this shit went down. Like, I was talking to um, you know, my therapist, and I was I was kind of saying like, I felt like depending on my situation, pornography can be an issue for me, right? Mm. And I felt like I was replacing that with the time I spent you know, when I was talking to, you know, the person I was just talking to, right? right. Uh, before all of this, right? So, you know, I was like, yeah, that's something I want to ease up on. And he was like, okay. He said, well, I wouldn't start there. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I wouldn't start with just the idea. Actually, no, no, no. Let me, let me, let me backtrack. I asked him a question. I said, you know, well, you know, with, with that, should I just look at it as like, yo, I just, I, I can't do this. Like, I'm not going to do this and just make up my mind, make up my mind that this isn't something I'm going to partake in, right? And he's like, yo, I wouldn't start there. And I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I just, I wouldn't start with that because what ended up happening is you'll mess up and then you'll be worse on yourself because you said this is something you can never do, right? Mm. He said, instead, I would just look at it as like, you know, when I feel that, you know, I'm going to be mindful and redirect this energy. Uh, how about I go meditate or how about I go do yoga or whatever else, take a cold shower, or whatever else you appreciate, do that thing instead and then see how you feel. Mm. And I was like, yo. You know I what I mean? Like that. it's such a different approach, and it's I like that approach. it takes the ego and the judgment out of it. Of like, I have to, you know, not be doing this or be doing this to be this person. It's like, nah, bro, just take it a step at a time. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Try to redirect that energy, you know, and just know that the likelihood of you never doing a thing again is, you know, maybe low, right? And that's mm -hmm. not giving yourself permission to just do whatever you want whenever you want but it's giving yourself permission to fail and permission yeah. to say you know what if i fail again which i have in the past i'm gonna be able to navigate this territory differently that's good that's really yeah. good i love that approach bro i love that yeah and and i, and I think that's kind of to me what i feel like is the best approach to everything like just everything at For this real. point is like as we are in this space of quarantine the conversations I've been having with the homies, it's like, you know, people are talking about, oh, if you don't come out of this change, you wasted your time. Yeah, or, I saw that. I saw um, that. You know, it's like people are, are picking one or the other. Either you're super productive or you're super lazy. And I just feel like that's not realistic, you know? It's like we're dealing, this is, this is traumatic stuff we're dealing with, you know? Everyone has a different set of responsibilities and pressures and stressors and anxiety all associated with this very reality we're dealing with, you know what I mean? There's loss, there's so much to grieve in this process so i think one of the best things is just to just be observant you know be observant yeah um because that's something i've been doing like i said i'm being observant of like what's causing me to fall into pornography and masturbation in this time what are the things that are triggering it is it boredom simply literally at the end of the day dog yeah at like nine o'clock i'm staying up to like 4 a.m by the way but at like 9 a.m <laughs> like <laughs> You could tell I'm salty about that, right? Like, <laughs> like nine o'clock hits, bro, and I'll have dinner, and like I'm up for another five, like seven hours almost sometimes, and I'm craving like sweets. I'm craving like something salty. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I got I had, literally I had to get rid of so many snacks because I had some gummy bro. bears, I had bro. some Oreo, some Pop Tarts, bro. some Scooby snacks. I'm not done yet, bro. Hold on, I had some Rice Krispie treats. 
I had some, bro, the list went on. <laughs> you feel me, bro? Like some Ritz crackers. I had to mix it up. And what I had to do was realize, yo, at night, I crave like a madman and it's horrible. Yeah. And what I had to start doing was figuring out, can I drink some water? They say that cuts cravings. Or maybe I'll have mm. like some ice cream and I'll just end it there. No, I've been playing with myself. I'm, not, I'm talking about like figuring out what works for me, right? And I got to a point where I had to realize when I brush my teeth and brush my tongue, make sure you're brushing your tongue, and then I floss, make sure you floss, and I rinse my mouth out with Listerine, I'm done for the day. I don't feel like I need to eat anything. And if I feel like, oh, I do mm. want to go get something, I'm like, why are you brushing my teeth and all that? I don't want to have to do that again. And I'm good. Yeah. I just figured that out like a couple of days ago. Mm. Like I need to do that whole process earlier so that my cravings are cut out much earlier and sooner I'm not going like crazy at the end of the night, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I just have to be observant to realize what worked for me and now I got a little system yeah. going and I feel like I'm I'm, you know, I'm accomplishing stuff. Substitution helps too, because I, I remember I've been dealing with the same stuff, bro. Like I man, it'd be like 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'd be like, man, I just need something sweet. Like I need bro, I like I tore up because I don't <laughs> keep sweets in my house, right? Like yeah. I, I just don't. Like I keep them away for that reason. And bro, there was a couple of days, maybe two weeks ago, bro, where I like tore up up the uh <laughs> the freezer and ended up eating some japan i think some japanese snack or something i don't know it's called mochi i think it's japanese I don't oh know what mochi it is, is fire mochis. yeah my mom See, had some of those like eight boxes bro so <laughs> i like I, I found them bro i was smashing them and then bro and then i found my daughter's you know no sugar added popsicles i was eating them i don't even eat popsicles i don't even like popsicles like that you feel me Dang. but like whatever i can get my hands on i was and then like <laughs> i've developed this weird thing where i'll put honey on bread bro like i'll put some honey on a slice of bread and i'll eat that wow. which i actually like because i just love bread too right yeah, just, yeah. Like, i love bread you know so right. at any rate bro like i was really searching for ways to you know what i mean have sugar for some reason late at night but what I found, too, is that if I have grapes, right, I could eat a bowl of grapes or some fruit or apple even, you know, because I also like the sugar in that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, that shit, it's tough to do, though, even that. Like, I have to really, like, make sure I have enough fruit. And then, you know, I, and I get a sweet, too, just to, like, you know, just to not, not to make it a thing. But, yeah, bro, I feel of you. Course. I feel you. It's, it's, yeah, it's tough out here, bro. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I still got some sweets around. You feel me? <laughs> bro, it's tough out here, bro. But control, man. Control, bro. Yeah, it's tough. But yeah, Ooh, I mean, we, but it's triggers, man. It's triggers is understanding what, you know, you know, what is preceding in these moments. Um, there's a book I read. We never really talked about it, but I'll paraphrase it for this episode. Um, but it's called The Power of Habit, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. And that book talked about um, the habit loop, which is um, craving. Um, it's, it's the craving and then it's the you know, filling the craving and then it's the rewards you get at the end. And um, this says like you can be triggered by a time of day. If you're used to watching pornography or eating uh, sweets or something at a certain time of day, that can trigger you because you're just, your body's used to it at that time. It can be um, somebody that you may have had that experience with potentially can trigger you. Mm -hmm. um, it could be seeing it, right? On all these different things, you know, it's gonna be like so many different things that could be to, um, to trigger that habit. And then you feel that habit with whatever it is. And then you have a reward at the end, you know, that you feel like, you know, uh, endorphins that you feel because of fulfilling that, that habit, right? So one of the things that it suggested was replacing that habit with something else, right? So 
his thing was a cookie. He would go down and, and on his break at work and go have a cookie every day. And then what he started doing was bringing an apple to work, right? Because he found that it wasn't the cookie he wanted, but it was the social interaction he had, you know, in the break room down there with the vending machine, right? Mm, but now yeah. he kept the apple on his desk. And what he would do is walk across the hall and talk to one of the homies and eat an apple instead of walking down to the vending machine to get a cookie every day, you know? And wow. that was how he kind of re- found a way to replace that habit because he realized it wasn't about the sugar. It was about the social connection. The social, right? yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's the same when you look at, you know, all these other items, man. Um, yeah, and that's all I say on that guy. I'll I tell you the rest off air. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. That's good. That's man. good. Yeah, man. Uh, All right, let's end it right there. <laughs> Did you end it? Yeah. Ah, it would be funny if it was still rolling and then um, we just acknowledge the silence. But I'm doing that right now, so this could be in there or maybe it can't. Who knows? It's like an Easter egg. Tweet me if you heard it or not, whatever. <laughs>